When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week. It's Doggy Pod time. Hello everyone, welcome to the Doggy Pod, and I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, here with my friend, fellow dog lover and producer of this show. My name is Stephen Peters, and in this episode we're going to the races and we're talking greyhounds. And I'm going to be telling you why dogs wag their tails, the secrets behind it. And how do you know if maybe, just maybe, your dog is a bit erotic? I'll also give you a few basic facts on hip dysplasia. What is it? What is hip dysplasia and what breeds get it the most? And our special celebrity guest this week is television journalist and sometimes a current affair host, Layla McKinnon. And absolutely stick around till the end of this episode because Dr. Rob is going on a rant. Yes, he is white hot with fury. And you'll find out why a little yeah, bit later. Just hold me back now, Stephen, or I'll start now. But, as always, before we get into that, what's been happening in the clinic this week, Rob? Well, it wasn't this week. It was a few weeks ago now, thank goodness. Uh, this dog came in, and she was not quite due to give birth. It was still another 24, 48 hours to go, but she was big, and she could hardly move. And What sort of dog was it? It was a giant schnauzer. You've all seen the miniature Ooh. schnauzers, yeah. that yeah, little big one. This one's a giant schnauzer. She looked enormous. Well... I've seen dogs look bigger, but I thought, oh, there's probably 10 or so puppies in there. It was time to do a cesarean section to relieve her of her stress because she was getting to what's called pregnancy toxemia. So in I went. Thankfully, the team was still around because I started singing out for puppy rubbers. We got not 10, not 12, not 15 puppies. 18 puppies came out of this girl. 18 oh puppies. My God. When you say puppy rubbers, what's a puppy rubber? Well, you're handing all this. I'm, I'm giving the puppies out. You know, when you get a, a cesarean, that they take the baby out and they hand the baby to the mm. nurse who looks after the baby and, you know, stimulates it, gets it breathing. Do that 18 times. 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> Need a lot of people on board. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so you weren't aware of just how many babies 
No, we knew, we knew there was a few. And as I said, I thought someone guessed nine. I thought that was a good guess. We didn't know it was two times nine. <laughs> just, our puppies everywhere. The humidity crib was full. We've got to get ourselves a bigger humidity crib, I said. And yes, there's a, there's a wonderful photo on our Facebook page of uh, that little brood of puppies. In the and, humidity crib, yeah. Yes, and they just look like a big mass of black <laughs> fur. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a good effort on my team's part. So the quiz question this week is, which dog breed's coat has a texture that's similar to human hair? Is it A, a Brussels griffin, B, a Labrador, C, a poodle, or D, a smooth fox terrier? And as always, Dr. Rob will have the answer later in the show. All right, let's get into it. And this might get a little bit controversial because what we're going to be talking about is a breed called a greyhound and greyhound racing. And you see a lot of greyhounds around now, particularly as pets, a lot more than we used to in the past. You know, greyhound racing has been banned in some countries in the world, uh, not here in Australia. The big question is, do they make good pets? And why are we seeing a lot more greyhounds around as pets? Sure. Well, look, there were moves to ban greyhound racing in Australia, in New South Wales. We're moving towards it. And the reason being, there were three things that they said that they couldn't go on with. One, obviously, in a civilised country, you shouldn't be just breeding dogs to race, and if they don't make it, destroy that animal. That's just morally wrong. Two, um, there were people that would use drugs to try and make the animal run faster or slower, depending on what they wanted done. And of course, the third one, the horrible one, uh, well, they're all horrible, but this is probably the worst, they were using uh, live animals to bait those dogs to train them. The government in New South Wales has come down very heavy on those three things. They've said, no more, if we catch you live bathing, you will go to jail, and they've stuck by that. Um, they swab all the animals continually and check the kennels for any drugs, and they've really enforced that. And then they said, right, if your dog <clears throat> doesn't race well and you want to uh, stop it racing, you either keep it or you find a home for it. You're not going to destroy it. And that's what people are doing. And they're finding these greyhounds are delightful pets. They are beautiful pets. You know, they'll lay on the, they are real lounge lizard. I mean, a greyhound, yeah, it's bred to run. They're just long they're legs. They're just all muscle. And, oh, just love to be built like them <laughs> instead of like me. <clears throat> Never mind. But they are just built so, you know, so well. They, they are naturally a muscle dog with very little fat, very lean looking dog and they will run very very fast but they also will just sit on the lounge i mean the, the thing they do as a pet they run fast to the lounge you've got to either buy another lounge or, or be faster than your dog to get to the lounge they enjoy just being there with you uh, whatever outing you want to go with they'll go with they have a thing called a green collar hound where you know greyhounds are the racing Will have to wear muzzles if they walk on the streets, so they they don't race after a cat or something like that. They'll turn it on with a small white dog. These green collar hounds are dogs that have been desensitised to all of those things and accept a cat, a little white dog, anything. They just won't go attacking anything at all. They're just part of the family. They become a great family dog, and so loved. I mean, they are loving very much. If if you have one, you will love it. I promise you, you will they will make sure that you love it. That's the great thing about them. The thing that you don't want to do is ever get them fat. They will enjoy their food. 
but they do make fabulous family dogs. So the reason what you're saying is that we're seeing more of them as pets is that so many of them aren't you know, disappearing as they used to before yeah. because they weren't particularly well, fast runners or whatever. Owners and trainers have become much more aware of what they were doing in the past and won't allow that. A lot of owners will just, yep, I'll just take the animal home and keep it as, as my pet. Um, and the greyhound industry has to report if you're a trainer or an owner you have to report back to the authorities what's happening with that dog yeah that's good you know if you have to put to sleep because it's got cancer or it's broken a leg sure you have to have a veterinary certificate saying we had no choice this is what had to happen and you have to have proof of that with with certification by a vet and the vet has to do it uh, in the past it wasn't always like that and nowadays the animal itself the greyhound comes first before racing or anything else because we talked a little bit about greyhounds in last week's episode and um one thing i wanted to say though is so we shouldn't feel guilty that we're not giving our greyhound i mean you mentioned in last week's episode we should take it down to the dog park and let it have a good run yeah or whatever but yeah. you shouldn't feel bad that you're not giving it lots and lots and lots of exercise like no. it's used to uh, when it was competing no it doesn't want to be doing that anymore it just wants to it'll enjoy a run and then stop and just want to be with you you know, they are first and foremost canines, and canines love being in a pack, and you're the pack leader. That's what they want. They, they want to live happily with their pack, with their family, and that's what they enjoy the most. Now, one of the great mysteries of the canine world, for us anyway, is why do dogs wag their tails? And, and do they wag their tails when they're just happy to see us? Or are there all sorts of other things going on with the wagging of that tail, Dr. Mm, Rob? Yeah, the tail. It's also a controversial part of the dog's anatomy sometimes, but not anymore in Australia. They all have tails. and Yes, there was a time when certain breeds would have their yeah, tails docked. Yeah, not anymore. Thank so, God. look, when they're happy, they do wag their tail. They just, you know, just in any particular fashion. There was some work that said, oh, if they wag it to the left, then they're aggressive and to the right or then I, I don't even know that work to be honest because I didn't really believe it. I have because, read some some things like that. Yeah too, but yeah. dogs are right handed or left handed. I did read the work done by Paul McGreevy at Sydney University, a veterinarian there. Right port or left port? Correct. Left, right port or how, left port. In what way? Well some dogs lead with their left or will lead with their right and most are right port I think. And But yeah Paul's work showed that they will do left and right paws, preferably. So you have right pawed or left pawed dogs. I, I'm not sure about the um, trying to work out whether they're happy or not because their tail's left or the right. I think every dog owner knows when their dog's happy and they know the happy wag. They also know that the tail's right up and wagging and the dog's tense and their pupils are dilated. That's an aggression. You know, tails right up, mm-hmm. muscles, you can see the tense, and the dog's standing right up almost on its toes, and it's got dilated pupils. It's ready for an attack. It's going to be aggressive. Similarly, when the tail's right down and wagging furiously down underneath it, it's frightened, it's insecure, there's, there's problems afoot. And in actual fact, the dog that you want to keep away from the most is that dog. A dog that's frightened is more likely to bite than the aggressive dog. So if your dog's, if you see a frightened dog, don't approach it. Call it if it wants to come to you, sure. Gain its confidence that way. But you race up to a dog that's frightened and uh, 
and, and fearful and insecure, it's going to protect itself. That's what it's going to do, and it'll do that with its mouth. So understanding signals for, of aggression and of fear in dogs is very important. Understanding your dog is very important. But you know yourself, when your dog comes home, that tail just doesn't stop. Clears. No, when you come home and your dog's already home, you mean. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Did I say when <laughs> your dog, dog comes, comes home, home from work, yeah. <laughs> Hi, honey, around. I'm home. <laughs> Now, and you're sitting quietly in, in the uh, watching television, and the dog comes into the house and clears the coffee table with its tail. Don't you love that? <laughs> oh, it is one of the great joys of, of owning a dog, a dog ownership <laughs> because a dog can't hide its its affection no, for you and no. its joy for life. Yep, they really. That's the thing. They wear their heart way out there on their sleeve or on their tail, and they tell you all about themselves, what they're feeling, what they're. Yeah, the love that they have for you, there it is in my tail. You can see I'm so happy to see you. Because there were and are still in other countries of the world, I think, some breeds in the show uh, world where they dock the tail, they mm-hmm. actually cut the tail off because yep. I guess at the time they thought it looked better without the tail, which just seems insane to me. Yep. What, what were some of those breeds? What was the thinking behind them? Well, the old English sheepdog was done because it has so much hair and when it worked out in the field and in the um, yards, you don't want that tail really heavy with a lot of mud and slush and burrs in it, so they, they did that. There was also a taxation reason. You know, the farmers were told if you dock your dog's tails that you're going to be taxless. That was another Why? reason. Why would that be? <clears throat> that was a government thing in England. Uh, in Germany, um, the Dobermans, of course, had their tails docked so that the anyone that they would get into a fight with was not able to grab them by the tail. And why would they be in a fight with anyone? Because the Doberman was bred by a tax collector. Her her Doberman, remember? remember? Yes, I do. And so if they were chasing someone down for give me me that tax money, they didn't want to be grabbed by the tail. So what's the story? Is it actually illegal in Australia? Oh, yes. Tail docking is just... Unless... There is a specific reason, you know, if I have a dog that comes in that's had a smashed tail because it's been caught in the door and I x-ray it and I see the problem, of course, I'll do it for the dog's welfare. But docking tails just for the sake of cosmetic reasons is out. It doesn't occur in any state in Australia. Obviously, we know that there's a lot going on inside a dog's head than we originally thought. But can there be too much going on? Can they genuinely get... A little bit neurotic, just like us. And uh, and what are some of the signs? Is it true? Can you can you have a neurotic dog, Rob? Well, we do see it. You know, has it been born that way? Was it induced by bad experiences as a puppy, um, bad rearing from the owner? No one knows. But yes, we do see them where there's problems with them. In fact, behavioural science is probably one of the fastest growing parts of veterinary science these days of uh, people bring their dogs in because there's a behavioural problem. What do we do about those problems? What sort of problems do we get? I guess we get dogs with phobias, dogs that are just scared. And but what sort of phobias would a dog have? Storms. A lot of dogs, you know, people will know about storm phobias mm. in dogs. Well, we're going uh, to talk about that yeah. in, a, in an episode, I think, next week or the week after. Yeah. Um, some dogs just hate people coming to the front door. They get phobias and they'll become aggressive or they'll become very shy. So then it becomes a behavioural thing with, with the dog and, and their owners. Yeah, I mean, we have to do two things. We have to instruct the owners on 
how to try and get the dog out of that phobia by training. And we will also uh, often supplement the training methods with drugs to try and alleviate some of the insecurities that the dog may feel. All sorts of drugs are used. There's a specific drug made for dogs and cats called Clomicam, which to try and calm, calm them down. But people will use other drugs. You know, veterinarians will prescribe Prozac and Zantax, really? all the wow. drugs that are, are utilised for human neuroses are also used in veterinary medicine and with different, same sort of things. Sometimes it works really well, sometimes it doesn't help at all. Okay, so that's very similar to, yes, how you would treat uh, humans. But what about if people wanted to rely more on natural therapies? Oh, look, I use them all the time. Um, In fact, I was on radio once and someone rang me to say they couldn't get their dog out of the backyard after the bushfires. And I said, well, have you tried a, a... a behaviorist, oh yes, I've tried the behaviorist, uh, I've tried training it, and they gave me some drugs to try, Prozac and Xantax and all that, none of it worked. And I thought, and you ring me for a five-minute consultation on the radio for me to fix this after they had specialists <laughs> looking after us. So I said, look, go back to basics. Go to valerian. Valerian root is used a lot um, to calm people down and dogs. Try that, see if valerian works, and let me know. They sent me an email not a week later, with the dog's head out the window, happy as a lark. They said, you're a, you're a magician. It wasn't that. It was the valerian. Valerian just by over-the-counter at the chemist, and it worked really, really well. And I've gone back to using that a lot before I use some of the heavier drugs in dogs and get some fantastic results. Because that just calms the dog. Yeah, it just generally. calms the dog and allows it to accept what's happening to it. And all of a sudden, this dog wasn't able to go out was out walking again, happy as anything, on the valerian tablets. So that's all they did. They just calmed down and off the, the dog rationalised, eh, I'm happy, what am I worried about? Off I go. That's good to hear. Now, one of the things that we do hear a lot about in dogs is a thing called hip dysplasia. Oh, yeah. Like that's just a term any dog owner who's been to a vet or just knows a little bit more about their dog uh, than just as a, as a pet would hear that term hip dysplasia and maybe worry about it. So what, what breeds suffer from it? the most and, and just sure. exactly what is it yeah well hip dysplasia the hip is a, referred to as a ball and socket joint so if you, you imagine a socket with a ball inside it that's the hip joint when the ball doesn't fit properly in the socket it doesn't quite fit properly and it starts bashing at the socket and it starts remodeling the thing and arthritis sets in causes a lot of pain that is hip dysplasia occurs in dogs it also occurs in humans in fact if for some reason young females human females are more prone to it than any other people in in our population and how do you prevent it well with dogs of course we prevent it with selective breeding i'm actually working on a dna project to find the dna for hip dysplasia very difficult because it's not just one gene or two genes it's a lot of genes that will lead to hip dysplasia. And we're working with people all over the world, in America and in Germany, and this fabulous professor, Professor Bill Ballard out at the University of New South Wales, um, we're working towards getting to the DNA structure of hip dysplasia. In the meantime, breeders have been x-raying dogs for a long time, the good breeders, and they won't breed from a dog 
that has any degree of hip dysplasia. They just won't do it. They ensure they breed sounder and sounder animals as time goes on. And some breeders in some lines have decreased the incidence of hip dysplasia in their breeds. What breeds are bad? Um, you know, German Shepherds, Labradors, Golden Retrievers. Big, big dogs. Big generally. dogs, the yeah. big bone dogs, any of the bigger dogs. You do see it sometimes in smaller dogs. I have seen it in even uh, little French Bulldogs and uh, English Bulldogs. Some of the Staffordshire Bull Terriers occasionally will get it. So you do see it in smaller dogs, but far more common in the bigger dogs. So if you're going to buy a pup, make sure that the parents, both parents have been X-rayed and passed. And I also ask, does the breeder give you any guarantee? The breeder can't guarantee that the dog won't have hip dysplasia, but a good breeder will say, look, if your dog develops a debilitating hereditary disease in the first 18 months, we'll give you a full refund. That's what good breeders do. Good ethical breeders will do that. So can um, a dog have a hip replacement? Oh, yeah, hip replacement. Obviously, it's very expensive, but it can happen. Yeah, about uh, around... Six to twelve thousand dollars per hip. Per um, hip. It, de- it depends on the size of the Gee, dog. Do who's I doing like it. my dog that much? No, of course I do. <laughs> yes, of course. Molly, you do. you're getting two new hips. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's so it's not uncommon to have hip replacements. Yeah, but also I guess um, be careful what sort of exercise. Oh yeah, you've got to decrease the exercise with yeah. your dog with hip dysplasia. Quite correct, Stephen. Well said. Decrease the exercise. Watch what you feed them. Adjunct therapy with some non-steroidal anti-inflammatories if they're very bad and you can afford it, think about hip replacement. Alrighty, just a few days ago, Dr. Rob had a great chat with our celebrity dog owner this week, respected TV journalist, newsreader and sometimes a current affair host, Layla McKinnon. Now I've had the pleasure of working with Layla many times in the past and I can tell you she's a total professional. She's married with two kids and only last week they finally got themselves a dog. They saw the light. Yes. I've always wanted a dog and can you believe it? I'm um, 48 years old and have never had one and I think I always shied away from the responsibility. Um, But having sort of cut my teeth on having two children, I guess I'm responsible (laughs) enough for a dog. So if you practice with the children, we're right now to have a dog. That's very good. I like that. <laughs> the kids are still healthy, so yep. still healthy, still alive. So let's see how I go with a puppy. Well, you'll be glad to know that the American Society of Adolescent Psychiatry says that children that grow up with dogs make much better adults, a lot more empathetic and sympathetic to, to other people. So you've done the right thing. And what's it like having a new puppy in the family? Well, that's funny that you should say that about the empathy and uh, and what it means for children because I've really noticed very quickly how they're learning to take yes. into account how the puppy feels and how to be gentle with it and how to look after it and settle it at night. So it's it's been great for them um, and it, it's been fine. I mean, people warn you about all the dramas of the puppy, you know, whether it's toilet training and chewing things, but... So far, so good. We're going okay. (laughs) And what breed did you finally select and how did you come to choosing that particular puppy? Well, we chose a Jack Russell and uh, the reason why we did was we wanted a fairly active dog um, without going to a big extreme. Um, We are quite an active family and uh, we're sort of home a lot. We we work to and from home, so uh, we're not... um, 
sort of doing the daily commute and we live on five acres. Um, well, I wanted a dog that kind of could handle itself too if it got into any strife with snakes or anything. So, Correct. Um, oh, they, they you picked the right breed there. I had a Jack Russell client of mine and it uh, killed a red belly black snake and a brown snake all on the, in the backyard on the same afternoon. So, oh, my goodness. They're very capable dogs, those little Jack Russells. So how old is your puppy now, Layla? Uh, nine weeks. So it's only just come into the house, only been there for a little while, short time. Yes, oh. just since Saturday. It's our first week. Oh, fantastic. And didn't didn't have too many late nights? It slipped through very quickly? Yes. Uh, the first night uh, I had him next to me. I slept in the spare room and put him in his little bed next to my bed. And he whimpered a little bit and I sort of pat him every now and then. And since then, it's, he's been fine. Uh, and are the kids opting for who's going to who's going to sleep with as it gets older, or they? Yes, uh, well, they're having a, <laughs> a, a one night each. Oh, fantastic! And, fantastic. and so far, it's, yeah, it's gone well. All right, just you better get prepared for the second pup in the family because often they'll attach themselves to one child. They'll love everybody, but they'll attach themselves to one child as they grow up, and then of course you're going to be in for the next puppy in your family. I warn <laughs> right. you now. Forewarned, it's forearmed, is all I can say. Ah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Now, you also live, in, because you live up north, you're going to have to watch out for ticks, of course. Yes, well, we had a tick straight away. I only yeah. had home for, for a couple of days wow. and, um, and discovered one sort of on his jawline, just sort of under his chin. Yes, well done. Throat. Well done, and, you. Yeah, got it out with the, um, the tick tweezers. Yep. And um and then straight away went out and got the the tablet that you give them, the chewy neck scar or whatever it is, once neck a month. Scar spectra, yep. Once yes, a month. Yes. Beautiful. And I 'cause I didn't even know about that. Well luckily I put it on um Instagram that there'd been a tick and, and all the dog lovers let me know, so that was great. <laughs> and we've also had a bit of a drama with uh he loves to bite my daughter's feet. And yep. she actually had to wear gumboots at dinner time the other night and uh, so I, I've actually contacted a puppy trainer and she's taught us some methods of using toys to separate him from the feet and, yeah, give, um, and yeah. Yeah, just from removing him from them. And don't forget also a raw bone every now and I mean at this stage you'll just give a raw bone a nasty suck but get him used to that because it keeps his teeth clean throughout his life and it stops him having to go in have anaesthetics and teeth cleaning done at the vet's just once a week or once every two weeks, a raw bone to chew on because he's, he's teething at the moment. The sort of bones that I like to use, never give him any raw chicken bones. Just give him a raw lamb neck or a raw brisket bone. That would be ideal for chewing. The other little trick I have for you is um, if your daughter doesn't want to wear the gumboots, uh, just wants to be in bare feet, just put a little bit of uh, deep heat or metal on her feet. Don't rub it in. Just, just put it on there. And yes. the puppy won't go there. For, yeah, he'll smell it. Think, oh, your feet smell. They stink. <laughs> <laughs> Puppies don't like metal or deep heat. All those, yeah, yeah. the um, menthol type rubs or even citronella oil is very good. Yes. They don't like that. And how is it going? Food. I guess they're great food wise, aren't they? They just eat anything you put down, pretty much. Yes. Well, it's at first, the first couple of days, the breeder said to me um, he probably wouldn't eat much. And, <laughs> and he, and it, you know, and he didn't. And um, so um, she sort of wrote me a list, and I've yep. been going through it. So she said a scrambled egg once every three or four days. Yep. Um, 
I have some butter fish, which I, I got this morning, and um, a little bit of um, mince with rice and few sort of frozen yep. veggies. So that's pretty much what I've been um, giving them, as well as a little biscuity treat. Good. Excellent. So, look, that, that's going to be a balanced diet. The big thing is don't change things too quickly for him because that's when they get upset tummies. But you've really got that well in hand. Did you think you would love a puppy so much? Yes. Well, I always did want a puppy, but I knew that I didn't have the responsibility or commitment in me yet. It's been great for the children. And I haven't uh, even told you his name yet. What's his name? His name's Roy. Roy. <laughs> Roy the Jack Russell. Now, why Roy? Well, the kids were keen. They wanted to call him Roger, but I've had an un- <laughs> I have got a lovely uncle Roger, and I wouldn't let them. And then they so Roy on Roy. Roy yeah, Rogers. well, I don't know. They settled on Roy after that, so we had to go with that. And uh, one of my English friends said to me, you know, you're supposed to have a, a two-syllable name for a dog so it can distinguish its name. And I, I said, don't worry, in Australia, it, Roy has at least two syllables. Roy! <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the Doggy Pod. It's been great talking to you and great catching up with you. And uh, all the Thank very you. best with the family. Thank you very much. All Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, everybody, stand back. That's all I can say. That's the only warning I can give you, Rob to have a bit of a chat about something that is truly horrible, something that any dog owner finds, frankly, difficult to comprehend. But um, Rob... Oh, no, not difficult. We find it abhorring. It's just unbelievable. The leader, the dictator of North Korea, Kim jong Sta- I did say stand back, everybody. He's, he's off. You're not going to believe this. The guy says, oh, dogs are a decadent luxury and have to be surrendered for food. Who said that? The leader of North Korea, Kim, oh, Kim Jong-un, said they have to be surrendered for, for food because there's not enough food in North Korea. Well, it doesn't seem to affect him, the fat little... Careful, <laughs> careful. Uh, Bottom-dwelling dwe- bottom slime sucking parasite. <laughs> I can't believe that he wants dogs surrendered for food. He's not much of a leader, is he, if he says that sort of thing. Yeah, the weight seems to... Uh, the lack of food in North Korea has not affected that man at all just his people. I mean, if he spent less money on trying to develop nuclear warheads, surely he'd have enough food to feed everybody instead of worrying about eating dogs. You are unbelievable. I think he's definite proof that you can actually bring up the afterbirth and get rid of the baby, because I think that's what's happened with this man. You cannot do that to someone. To Just tell people, I'm taking a dog and we're going to eat it. That's what they're saying. These people love their so dogs. So it'll be law. Oh, it's law. It's declared. He's declared it. It's just they are, a, a, what do you say, some sort of luxury item, an unnecessary, decadent, nut luxury item. So we're going to eat all the dogs for food because there's not enough food in North Korea. Well, maybe if you gave some of your food up, you might have enough for everybody else in the country. Or, or maybe he's just a cat person. <laughs> Don't get me started, Stephen. Don't get me started. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, right now, Kim's uh, sitting somewhere up north and his ears are burning and he's wondering, what's going on? Why am I, why are my ears tingling like that? I, I don't understand. Um, so what started that, Rob? Why, uh, you just read that somewhere. I, I read that it's, it's, it's pretty well known now that he's declared that all dogs have to be surrendered for food to be eaten. Okay. 
let's finish on a on a lighter note, uh, and that is the answer to our our quiz question this week, which was, um, which breed of dog has a coat that uh, has a texture that's similar to human hair? Was it a Brussels Griffin, a Labrador, a Poodle, or a smooth Fox Terrier? And as always, Rob has the answer, like the, he does to most things. Yeah, the answer is the dog that doesn't shed in those four dogs, and that's the Poodle. They have, you know, it, it's made of the same structure, the same protein as all dog hair, but it grows differently. And as such, you know, each dog has different texture to the to coats, poodles, bichons, um, other breeds like the Portuguese water dog. They they don't shed their coat, and it's thought to be not so much fur but hair like humans. And of of, of course, these dogs are thought to be hypoallergenic. You now, this allergy because they're shedding less, they're stander, and lots of other reasons that they are. Better for people that have allergies with with dog hair by one of these breeds. The big problem has been, unfortunately, that um, people cross these breeds and say, oh, we've also got hyperallergenic breeds here because they've been crossed. But usually if you cross them with a breed that does shed, the new breed that you get is not hyperallergenic. And that's not me saying it. That's human dermatologists are saying that, that dogs are being sold as hyperallergenic and they are not necessarily so. So just be a bit careful. You're probably better off buying a pedigree Bichon or a pedigree Poodle or a But Portuguese see, Poodles water. have been crossbred with so many different dogs. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Those crosses are not necessarily, and usually are not, hypoallergenic with children that are allergic to dogs. Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We've, uh, we appreciate the feedback we're getting on our Facebook page and through our Instagram Um We will see you next week for another episode of The Doggy Pod. And as Tom Jones said, not the singer, another um, chap who was a philosopher, dogs have a way of finding the people who need them and filling an emptiness we didn't even know we had. Collective sigh across the country. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you next week, folks. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.